Hello and welcome to another episode of Never On Side. Hi, this is Joseph, and joining me as usual is Mayur Chopdekar. We have a new season on our hands and a great start to the season as well. But the same old Pep Guardiola and uh, Manchester City. So um, let's get into the uh, first game week and just review all the matches. And also probably we'll go through our FPL teams and how we performed as well. And also the main talking points from the uh, first game week. So let's get into it. My- into it. Let's get into it. Mayur, what's your thought on the uh, start to the Premier League? Yes, what a great start. There were a few surprises here and there. Uh, Arsenal, we thought, would look very well. Again, they struggled for some time. So, there were a few surprises. Not everything which we thought about would happen exactly happened. There were a few surprises. The Chelsea-Liverpool game. So, we'll talk about it in more detail. Let's start with the Burnley City game. Right. Was was this any surprise considering the way City played? The scoreline exactly? I don't know. I think uh, Burn. I expected a lot from Burnley, even because it's their first fix, fix, uh, first match they're playing in the Premier League after two seasons and uh, after a season and. Um, I know a lot of people were disappointed in Burnley, but. Um, I think um, they showed some in- instances of how good they were. Uh, they were really good in certain moments and City kind of struggled to some extent in certain phases of the game. But then eventually, I think Rodri was incredible. He was mm. the best player on the pitch, scoring a goal. And, you know, Haaland, you know, his XGs were very low, but then he converted both his chances. Um, so, that that is prime city in the sense that they can go through a match um, with a couple of uh, match winners and they can you know easily push aside teams um, and i thought city wouldn't be like the prime city that we would see because you know they are coming off a treble and you know they have lost some of their key players but still i think uh, as long as haland is fit uh, this city team can, you know, defeat anyone in the world. Actually, just not Rodri. Lewis was also some, someone who, like, I was very impressed with. Uh, the way he played in the midfield and in the absence of John Stones. It was really good to see. And the thing about you mentioned about Burnley, the way they committed in pressing. They had seven to eight people pressing. So, again, against City, where we generally people are scared of leaving the space behind, Burnley weren't and they played the way they wanted to. So, good to see and hopefully they can get in some decent results after this City performance. Let's move on to the yeah, next and game. Also, uh, Kevin De Bruyne got injured and apparently it's a serious injury. He'll be out for a couple of months. Um, they have not decided if they have to do a surgery on him or not. So, that is a huge blow. Um, probably, which is, which is good for Alvarez because he will keep starting matches. Uh, and Pep also wanted to integrate him more into the side. Uh, we have seen that uh, narrative being uh, played throughout the preseason. So we'll probably see more, a lot more of Alvarez and even Foden to an extent. And Paqueta linked to City as well in the absence of that eight, where Gundogan has also left and now De Bruyne injured. We could see the bid also intensify and they can get their deal done. So let's move on to the Arsenal game again. Arsenal started very well. The game. They played and there was something different tactically. Everyone expected the same old Arsenal. But we saw 
a very statement like a very big statement made by arteta dropping out gabriel for tactical reason so he missed gabriel has missed his first game after 71 appearances or 72 if i am not wrong but it was after a long time almost after two seasons so hos you felt a, a lot of arsenal fans were very happy with the way they played even though the score didn't uh, suggest it but how did you think about the new arsenal formation and the way they tried to play against this lower block teams i think uh, initially um, nottingham forest were able to repel arsenal a bit but then arsenal grew into the game and then what i noticed is that once um, once nottingham forest started coming into the game then um, gabriel was uh, brought in immediately you could see that there was panic in the arsenal ranks so so to an extent when you know that a team is going to you know be conservative they are going to defend because looking at the lineup we knew that uh, nottingham forest will try to you know uh, won't go for the win immediately they will keep they will hold on till the 80th minute and then try something um, so if a team is going to sit like that then this will work but then against um, a team which can uh, you know attack you like burnley for example Uh, like an action villa you can't do this because um, you will get absolutely destroyed uh, so i think it, it's a fresh arsenal um, you know perspective which i like to an extent because in premier league there are sides who keep uh, you know playing in a certain way uh, but then when you have control on the ball when you have all the players who can uh, you know pass quickly who care, who are comfortable on the ball uh, that is what everyone is working working into and you know that pep guardiola is the one who um, who made this change in premier league you can see even united playing with a back three with um, uh, ball playing uh, center backs and with uh, luke shaw dropping into the um, midfield so this is a evolution which will keep on happening as long as there are radical thinkers like pep guardiola who are there and arteta is very much influenced by pep goriola and he is also experimenting on zone so it's good to see a fresh uh, perspective without um, you know with two full backs probably playing uh, and just one center back so it's good to see arsenal trying something different let's move on to the brighton match uh, where um, um, brighton um, had a couple of their signings job petro started like um, we thought and um, it was good to see him perform really well he missed a sitter but then brighton were in control of the whole match and uh, they cruised through um, quite uh, easily to win 4-1 against luton yes and ex- expected luton leaked a lot of goals something which to ha- keep in mind in for future references apart from that probably newcastle aston villa host that was the game i had a lot of expectations from villa as you mentioned you thought this is a normal game for newcastle at home st james park you said it's the way they play at newcastle is always terrifying we see last season they even gave a tough fight to city so this time around uh, aston villa who i had lots of expectations considered five goals uh, the only chance in the start they had few chances but after the mings injury you specifically mentioned before the pod which was the turning factor in this game and newcastle were ruthless New, newcastle were ruthless completely so mm-hmm. again till the european fixture starts newcastle might have the edge and the way they have been playing 
they could get these kinds of results but it will be interesting to see once the champions league or the european competition starts how they perform and how they integrate all the competitions at the same time so till then it's a good way uh, and good win big moral victory as well so now let's move on to the games on sunday brentford spurs was any thoughts kane not being there now for spurs the way madison stepped up crucially any thoughts on that right yeah so um, brentford at home is always a tough game no matter who you are especially coming off uh, the kane transfer saga uh, someone had to step up and it was madison who has the character and the skills and the technical abilities to do that and he he was exceptional he was on all the set pieces all corners he was everywhere and um, i think romero uh, was uh, substituted because of the concussion protocol he was there i think they could have hold on to um, you know hold brighton off and could have won it i feel uh, brentford always um, you know deadly at home with uh, the likes of mbombo visa who can come and score at any time and the counters are very good so you know i think spurs will be happy with the result but they won't be disappointed because they were um, they were down 2-1 um, so um, i think it's a decent result for spurs to start off the new era uh, and they need uh, son also to step up i feel that he is not confident right now once you see the likes of madison son clicking uh, i think spurs will be all right they can finish in the top Six um, or in the top seven is what I expect. Let's move on to the next feature, the biggest feature of the game week one: Chelsea versus Liverpool. <laughs> in the past few fixtures, we have seen the draw is the most consistent result, uh, and this time around as well, we saw. I if you, I think Liverpool were lucky to come out with a draw. Chelsea in the second half were really good, and the way they used the. Uh, space left by Trent Alexander-Arnold. The way they doubled up on that side and Chilwell. We saw Chilwell almost attacking, playing as a winger. And almost he almost scored. It was an offside. But again, very interesting to see the way Pochettino has set up his team. They now will add Caicedo and Lavia to that uh, midfield as well. We saw they lost a few balls in the midfield. And now with the addition of those two, I guess they will definitely improve. And this is just a beginning and they will definitely go on and be a strong contender your thoughts was right yeah so uh, for chelsea um second half was exceptional um they have a lot of youngsters in their ranks and um probably the pullbacks and enzo impressed everyone and um jackson uh who if he improves his first touch a bit more i think he could have scored also <laughs> And his runs are, you know, Leopold struggled to contain him and when he turns with the ball and uh, runs at the uh, defenders. And I feel, right, like rightly, you said that Leopold were kind of lucky to um, uh, come away with a point in this match. And there were some controversies um, in terms of the decisions by the reps. Um, and, uh, and a pattern which I saw throughout this first game week is that if you show, show dissent, uh, you are booked immediately. And I think a lot of the fans were you know, surprised by the Jackson booking and uh, McAllister booking. But then this is how it's going to be. Um, and um, yeah, so one all is probably looking at both halves. It's 
it's an okay result for both the sides um, but second half chelsea were dominant uh, to an extent and um, chilwell like you mentioned uh, was kind of their furthest attacker at some points when they were countering and that is something to watch out for and that will be a theme with pochettino's team which we have seen in the past as well moving on to the united match um, i we waited a long time to see united play it was a monday night fix, fixture and um, you know i was so disappointed after we uh, staying up till 2 230 am to see that we did not carry forward what we were doing in the pre season against a bulls side probably it's the new manager um, uh, syndrome that kicked in kicked in and bulls played really well um, you know kunha was exceptional and um, like i mentioned in the um, in the uh, match between arsenal and not forest um, we saw united deploying um, uh, show in midfield alongside um, casemiro but then because it was a new system there were a lot of loopholes and casemiro was left dead in certain uh, points in the match because you could see how uh, he is aging because he was struggling to keep up to every point uh, in the pitch because he had to press up he had to defend um, it was kind of sad to see him struggle a bit uh, in this uh, match but then that is what happens when you have mount and uh, fernandes who are pushing up mount did push up a lot uh, almost played alongside bruno fernandes but i think um, casemiro will need a lot more support if you're playing a better side mm-hmm. and um, i wasn't uh, you know impressed with united um, mount had a decent game not not too impressive you could see him leading some of the presses but uh, apart from that creatively i couldn't see him much uh, probably he'll have to um, break those shackles and start performing soon uh, onana was exceptional uh, except for the penalty shout um, that was a penalty for sure coming from a united fan i think it's, it's definitely a penalty he misjudged it apart from that he had a solid game um, he was you know commanding he w- went out and took the ball whenever he were under pressure his distribution was great uh, yeah overall um, there is um, positivity but uh, we were lucky to score that goal we had a lot of chances in transition we won the ball up high but then we never looked like we were going to score i i think we just had one shot on target in first half so so overall um, i'm sure uh, eric ten hag would have Uh, you know spoken to the players and probably we'll see a better performance against tottenham yes so that was the premier league review let's move on to la liga la liga started uh, this is the wrong picture i put in but yes again real madrid started the game on saturday and they were really brilliant the uh, diamond midfield of chuameni kamavinga valverde and bellingham bellingham was exceptional in that game the way he leaded the attack Uh, defense the press everything he was just everywhere and just balling out on the pitch again atletico madrid also played really well got their three points and uh, they look settled compared to last season the only big surprise was barcelona uh, the game started at 1 am game ended at 3 am it was a nil nil very bad piece of uh, game from barcelona and very i was very disappointed in the way xavi approached the game and the tactics he used uh, 
very disappointed and we know getafe is a team who generally likes to sit back play the physical game a lot more and we our players couldn't control their temperament and hence we weren't able to get the better of uh, getafe and in the last minute again as there was controversy in premier league this week there was a bigger controversy in la liga barcelona you could say the challenge for a penalty on arao was 50-50 maybe soft but it could have been given but instead var pointed the referee to go have a look at the screen and the referee comes up with a handball which none of the other referees mentioned or anything and there was no handball it was clearly striking on the chest so again this competition between premier league and la liga who has the worst referees is definitely something to keep an eye on as well yes. so that was la liga this week uh, let's move on to bundesliga house again bundesliga hasn't started yeah. yet but there was a game leipzig versus bayern can you explain your thoughts it was a super cup right um, yeah so this was the game in which uh, we saw kane move to bayern and we all thought probably he would win the uh, first cup there first game first cup what a fairy tale we thought but then uh, leipzig uh, had uh, other ideas they were absolutely ruthless they destroyed bayern's defense um, i think within the first uh, half they were two zero up uh and uh, you you could see kane sitting on the bench and then he came on and uh, eventually um, bayern lost 3-0 to leipzig so <laughs> something to work on i'm sure um, kane would start the first game week for uh, bayern and probably he'll have to be integrated uh, tuchel will have to change the tactical approaches that he was planning without a striker uh, in the preseason i'm sure um, once everything is sorted they will be a good team because they have the good, they have the personnel i just um, uh, i'm not sure about their defense because even last season we saw that it's they were shipping in goals left layer right and center and uh, so tushel is a great manager i'm sure he'll come come up with a plan to uh, you know stop that but then um, we know that the Bundesliga is a one horse race hopefully Borussia or Leipzig can put an end to it but we say this every year but nothing seems to happen so not too optimistic probably Bayern would win it it's just that can they go ahead in the Champions League a step further with Kane yes and Leipzig uh, a lot of people predicted they will be really good so this is what some thing we actually got to see in person uh, this time around so hopefully as you mentioned leipzig can give some tough competition to bayern let's move on to league 1 uh, league 1 started really well for other teams apart from psg the regular contenders uh, had good starts only lens didn't come out but monaco uh, and marseille were the general teams talking about psg psg dropped mbappe and he was just sitting in the stands along with his friend dembele and they looked really really disjointed they had something around more than 1000 passes the typical luis enrique thing which they do but inside the box they just had four shots throughout the game so really disappointed the way they played the game and now it looks like psg are ready to offer a new deal to mbappe and get him in the squad along with dembele so i hope this can improve their attack and mbappe who has been their most lethal weapon uh, during the few past years can come in and hopefully get them uh, going on uh, this week and hopefully luis enrique can also get the team going on so apart from that uh, league 1 was the normal let's move on to serie a which is also about to start 
Syria, you know that Napoli uh, ran away with the title last year after 33 after 33 season drought. But uh, this season, I'm sure it's going to be a lot more tougher. Uh, you could see that Juventus had a um, uh, you know points cut off because of the financial issues that they had. Uh, so this year it's going to be Inter, Napoli, AC Milan, Juventus. Um, you know fighting it out. I'm sure Roma will also be in the top four or top six battle. Uh, but surprisingly, Serie A teams have not recruited well. Napoli uh, also struggled. They have not um, uh, recruited anyone. They lost a couple of their main players. Um, the Kim, the defender, went to Bayern. And I think they lost one more uh, key player in their uh, team. So, uh, interesting to watch out for. Syria is, Syria is probably the second best league right now in terms of um, in terms of the third best league in terms of uh, title races because you have a lot of teams who can compete um, and you don't have a runaway with, um, like winner usually except for the last season. Uh, so probably we'll see um, a good title race this time around as well. Now, let's move on to the topic for this week. Ignore, it's a Barcelona uh, podcast guy who, uh, and it's a Barcelona-oriented tweet. But the men- the thing which has, he has mentioned, Chelsea, now we also mentioned this, have Enzo, Caicedo, Lavia, Santos and Ogoche. So, from Rens, who is also a very talented player. So, these are like the five most CDM, uh, five top CDM players. And we have seen a lot, lot of big teams struggle in that CDM department. Whether it be Barcelona, whether it be Liverpool who don't have a CDM, or it might be United if Casemiro is injured or if he misses out on some games. So this is something. And how can Chelsea give everyone this minutes? Where we have seen Chelsea already has a lot of players. Last time around, they had a lot of players again. And we saw how not everyone got chance to play and how they had to ship out a lot of players. So, something again, even though Chelsea having a lot of players, they are still adding Kaisudo and Lavia for around 160 million or something, which is insane to see. So, who's, what do you think? Who will, who stays and who leaves? I have no idea. Um, you you would hope that Kaisudo will stay because, he's, because of his price tag. But then every player that you mentioned is, is a top uh, CDM. Right now, that is the position in the world where there is the most shortage. Liverpool can't even get one. And that's when you you mentioned five CDMs. So, I have no idea where they're going to play, especially without Champions League um, or Europa League. It's going to be a struggle to play all these teams, uh, all these players and to give them minutes. Because I see a couple of players moving out in January if um, they don't get minutes. Probably a loan move or uh, they will move if Pochettino doesn't like a couple of these players because that is the only solution to this uh, conundrum that Chelsea are having. And I'm, I'm, they're so ruthless in signing. I, I have no idea when United and the other teams struggling to, you know, um, uh, to go into the market and get players because of FFP. Uh, Chelsea are absolutely <laughs> destroying um uh, the market right now so it's very unique something which we don't usually see um them going out for two top uh, cdms in the last stage of the um of the transfer window so 
Yes. And before we move on, just uh, imagining the midfield of Lavia, Enzo and Caicedo, this definitely makes Chelsea uh, a top three contender at the least, I would say. If they click on, they are genuinely a contender for a title. Again, if we see City missing out on some few players like Kevin De Bruyne being injured or maybe a Rodri or something like that happens. But again, this midfield has the capacity to single-handedly take Chelsea to the next level. We saw this weekend Enzo who was so influential in that game and the way he played. Just think about it. Kaisodi and Lavia added besides him. That's just a mental midfield. <laughs> the the yes. issue with Chelsea is that um, can they go and score goals? That is the main issue that they had last year. If you take out Nkunku from that equation, it's almost the same team with Jackson up front. In terms of attacking, you have Sterling playing. Um, and like it's it's not a great uh, uh, squad in terms of the attacking prowess that they have. Probably that is somewhere they would would have wanted to you know uh, strengthen the squad. I think they're going going for Olise. Yes. Um, from Crystal Palace, which which would be a good signing probably for them. So uh, that is the main issue that Chelsea has. Apart from that, they'll need time to you know uh, settle in, and uh, even the centre back partnership will need a, a little time to settle in as well. Uh, so apart from that, like you mentioned, uh, Chelsea have a good squad to compete eventually. Probably next year they'll be in the top three. For me. So, uh, to end the podcast with uh, this week, FPL, uh, as Premier League started, FPL started as well. Hose, you scored a brilliant 80 points. Any last-minute dilemmas? You heard the Stones rumour, then Gabriel rumour. Uh, were you able to right. write to it? Uh, I didn't have Stones, but I had Gabriel and I, I thought that that was absolutely ludicrous because 28 matches or something started in a row. No way. Um, uh, he, he he was not injured, and there was no way he was going to uh, be dropped as well. So I thought I'll stick with him. But then Arsenal lost their clean sheet, so it doesn't matter eventually for me. Probably two three points here and there. Um, the Johnston Onana uh, conundrum that I had, uh, probably I went for Johnston. But I think even now I think this is a better pick with Johnston and Turner rotating. Uh, is better than Onana. I feel United look very shaky in midfield and defence. Um, yeah, apart from that, probably I have Watkins on the bench. Um, so, next uh, game week, I will have to decide who I'll bench. Probably um, Bruno Fernandes or Martinelli, I'll have to bench, uh, which is a big call. If I want to play Pedro, Watkins and Haaland, which, who have the best uh, fixtures on paper. But I like this benching dilemma, something which keeps me on my toes. So, um, probably sometimes it uh, pays off very well, sometimes it doesn't. But it's something which keeps the game interesting. So, uh, something to think about and uh, hopefully I can get it right this time around. For me, also the heavy template team. Gabriel, I had the information. I tried to make the transfer but couldn't get passed through it. Uh, there were errors showing on the FPL side. So, yes, uh, talking about uh, the option, it was Saliba who had an assist, lucky assist, we could say. But now it would be an interesting call because, as we mentioned, Gabriel, the left-sided player, is injured now. They had Zinchenko, who is injured. They had Timber, who will miss out on seven weeks, uh, seven months now. And now they have Tomiyasu as the only option. So, it will be interesting to see. I am hoping that one week of more information 
will be the key thing to decide whether we go with gabriel or tierney we... is also there right tierney is yes. also there right? but tierney is supposed to leave there are, there are a lot of try supposed to a lot of but then after this injury probably they'll hold off probably. this mm, but tierney yeah. is more of yeah. a attacking full back they like a full back who inverts in so again interesting to see whether they go for a new full back who likes to invert or what can happen but yes th- there is one more week of information before you jump the gun from gabriel if you want to uh, because saliba is already risen in price and if you want to uh, stick to your plan now host talking about the uh, game week 2 what are your plans have you made any transfer plans or anything no i am i'm going to save the transfer most probably i, I see gabriel starting the next week against crystal palace who are a good side and they're physical they're uh, they're good really so you can't play uh, <clears throat> without gabriel um so i'm confident he'll start um probably um the issue that i have is both the promoted sides uh, luton and uh, burnley don't have a fixture but uh, so if one of my defenders doesn't play it's going to be uh, an issue but then like i mentioned i'm thinking about playing halen pedro and watkins for the next game i wanted to attack the brighton fixtures um, well because you could see that pedro could have easily got a hold um in the last game week so i don't want to miss out on that um bruno fernandes probably is the one person who might miss out on but then it's against tottenham he usually plays really well um it's between martinez yeah yeah that's what so um that is something i'll have to think about probably i'll take yes. my time on that similar for me uh, i am uh, looking to save the transfer but the only transfer which is tempting as of me is bruno fernandes to madison we have seen madison play still not sure madison will rise before the deadline so again something to consider uh, haven't thought about it but if i don't do i will save the transfer and similar dilemma like hose i don't have anyone on the bench who can cover if gabriel does not play so it would be more of a 10 man squad this time around uh, there is another option bruno fernandes to either diaz or jota if i want to attack the liverpool fixture if i feel right. like it right. something which can be done but again long term it's not a viable option it's just for a weak punt so again thinking about it who's if you wanted to order uh, going apart from sala if you wanted to go for a liverpool uh, midfield who do you think your first second and third options will i think um, for this um, match specifically i'll go for jota or ds uh, jota because i see him uh, scoring for this excuse me yeah for this game we okay so again something if you want to punt on if you feel you didn't get on the right hand side right side of the game week one uh, team or players you can some if you are looking to go and take a punt on there in the liverpool game you can do that apart from that both of us set on the haland captain for game week 2 as well as we don't have any liverpool options uh, till yet uh, so let's see and if you want to join our league code the league code is mentioned on the screen and in the description box below as well you can come join and play with us so that's it for us from us this week follow us on all our social media handles or the links are in description box below we'll be back next week with game week 2 fixtures and everything which is happening in europe and around thank you